Man, y'all are intimidating out there. I tell you. <laughs> I hadn't preached this large congregation in a long time. so, And uh, I hadn't heard singing like that either in a long time. That was, that was great. Amen. I mean, <clears throat> let him shout praises Jehovah. Amen. Praise his holy name. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, that always helps the preacher get into the mood to... Try to deliver the message of God. There's people out there praising the Lord in song. <clears throat> and you know, Job said in the 13th chapter, 15th verse, he says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him and maintain my own ways before him. <clears throat> and of course, ultimately the Lord delivered him. He lost a lot. <clears throat> but then he gained twice as much in the end. So in that sense, the end was better than the beginning for him. And of course, that's what the Word of God says. uh, That the end is better than the beginning. Uh, Well, for us here, us children of God, the end is better than the beginning. And I believe the Scripture says this better day of death is better than the day of one's birth. And of course, Brother Tim, he's going to have a grandchild here for long. We're looking forward to that. And mother is too. Uh, and that child will be precious. <clears throat> but uh, it'll be a sinner just like us here. <clears throat> and in need of the saving grace of God. Uh, and uh, Mary, though, that she carried the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was uh, conceived of the Holy Ghost, but yet she needed a, a redeemer just like uh, everyone else did. <clears throat> uh, you know, we don't worship Mary. I think there's some people that do worship Mary, but we certainly worship the one she brought forth in this world. Amen. That's the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you know, Jude said in uh, uh, verse 24, one thing about when you quote from Jude, you don't have to get chapter and verse. All you got to do is get the verse. <laughs> uh, now unto him who is able to keep you from fault and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy. <clears throat> with exceeding great joy. And of course the Lord was looking to that joy <clears throat> as he hung upon the cross of Calvary as he tells us in, I got a text, I think, so I'll get, <clears throat> uh, he says that we are to uh, run our race with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, Amen. endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Right. That was a joy set before him. <clears throat> Uh, just like Madison, there's a joy going to be set before her when she has that child. And uh, she feels the childbirth pains and everything. And Jesus mentioned this to his disciples in John sixteen twenty one. Jesus says, a woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour has come. <clears throat> you know, Jesus had an hour. They tried to seize him on more than one occasion. 
But he said, my hour is not yet come. <clears throat> and until that hour came, why, <clears throat> he just passed right through their midst. <clears throat> you know, I can't do that. <laughs> Jesus, see, uh, all power was given to him in heaven and earth. Well, where did he go? Why, he just went right through the midst. And when uh, the Pharisees and the sent out uh, officers to seize the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, they came back empty-handed. And they said, well, where is he at? And they said, John 7, about verse 46, he says, uh, never man spake like this man. <clears throat> well, how true that is. And the testimony of those who wasn't a friend to Jesus Christ. We got testimonies about the truth of the Word of God from those who are not exemplary characters in the Bible. But the Lord blesses them to make true statements, even though they didn't understand the truth of what they were saying. But the Lord used them that we might understand. And He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we're able to ask or think. So when you start praying for something... It's not too hard for the Lord to deliver, is it? Second uh, Corinthians 1 and 9 said, We had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver, in whom we trust he will yet deliver us. Uh, he delivered these two brethren that preached here this morning thus far, and the same God that delivered them, I trust, is the same God, if I'm delivered will and can deliver us. But whether he does or not, we're like the three that was cast in the burning fiery furnace and they told King when he said, is your God able to deliver you? He said, "Uh, we're not careful to answer you in this matter, O King. But he says, we know that he is able to deliver us. They knew that he was able. They didn't know for sure that he was going to deliver them. But they knew that he was able to deliver us. And I trust that's the God we are serving here today. And I desire that you receive what the Bible says. You know, there's a lot of doing in the Bible. As the brethren have already said. And when they ran out of wine in John chapter 2... And Jesus' mother was there, earthly mother. And uh, he said, they have no wine. And he said, go fill the water pots. Well, they don't want water, they want wine. Go fill the water pots. And though Jesus transformed that water into wine. And what was the testimony of Mary? He said, whatsoever he say to you, do it. So we need to do what the Lord says. And uh, what a true testimony. Whatsoever he say, unto you do it. You know, children sometimes ask their parents. As he tell them to, as the mother or father tells them to go and do something, uh, and they say, well, why? Because <clears throat> I said do it. <laughs> and if... Uh, the Lord says do it. That makes it even more important than a father and mother to tell the child to do this, that, and the other. 
because he's the one that's perfect. And we certainly know that uh, parents make mistakes, but here's the one that never makes a mistake. And when he tells you to do something, it's going to turn out right. You know, uh, Martin Luther King once said, it's always right to do that which is right. Regardless of what your peers have to say, it's always right to do that which is right. That's the God we serve. He tells us in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writing here, he's been changed from a big Saul to a little Paul. Uh, Here was big Saul going about to persecuting the church of God. A Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. You know, he was kind of bragging on himself, wasn't he? Well, there's a lot of people today like to brag on themselves. I'm sure you'll see a football player sometime in the games today or tonight when they make a big play will be beating on their chest. Look what I've done. Well, children, we don't need to look what I've done. We need to look what God's done. We don't look what the Savior's done. And not only what he's done, but what he's now doing and what he's promised to still do. So when he sat down on the right hand of God, he didn't finish working. He's still there making intercession for the saints of God according to the will of God. We have, and when we have, when we sin, which we do every day, we still had that advocate, as he tells us in John. He says, these little things, these things I write unto you little children that you sin not. Chapter 2, verse 1. But he said, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We got a friend in the court, uh, as Elder Ricky Harcrow often says. We got a friend in the court. He is our advocate. And so, yes, we know that we're going to sin, but we've got an advocate with the Father. And he tells us in the ninth verse of the first chapter, he says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God that he's still a merciful God and he still cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In the book of Colossians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul here writing, and he tells us in verse 6, well, let's get verse 5 first. <clears throat> you know, Brother Tim said he was going to preach me last. Uh, and my two sons would go first. And he said, uh, I could clean up anything they messed up. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm happy to report they didn't mess anything up because... Uh, they preach the word. <laughs> and when you preach the word, then you can forget about messing up. He tells us in the second chapter of the book of Colossians, excuse me while I get a little of this holy water. <laughs> that's what a dear sister in our church called this water that's there for the preacher. She's going to be with the Lord now, but she'd bring the water out there and say, well, here's some more holy water. (laughs) 
mouth got dry. <clears throat> I'm not like, you know, Andy Griffiths got in trouble one time because he said the, the local preacher's sermon was dry as dust. <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> well, his son Opie heard that and it spread. He printed in the newspaper. <laughs> Sheriff Taylor says <clears throat> the preacher's sermons is dry as dust. <laughs> Well, I, I, I hope and pray that uh, the Lord wets it down <laughs> so that it's not dry as dust like my mouth got. <laughs> Paul tells us here, as ye have, ver- though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Uh, no greater joy could be on a pastor or a minister than to see that those whom he has taught and are steadfast and that they're still uh, keeping on keeping them. You know, John says, I find no greater joy than to find my children walking in truth. Uh, no greater joy than to find children walking in truth. Amen. The trouble is people today um, want to make their own truth. Uh, that it's not absolute truth, but it's just relative to whatever the situation is at hand. Right. Well, if we accept that philosophy, why, we have confusion and chaos. And, of course, we got that down. So, too. so it must be that some people are, have that view. I enjoy your steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And then he tells us in verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now we, excuse me, now we do know that we receive the salvation, but not because that we're striving for it. I'm talking about eternal salvation. But because the Lord freely gave it. And we receive it not by an act of faith, but by the sovereign gift of God. It tells us over in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man doesn't receive the things of God. For they are spiritually discerned. He doesn't receive them. He can't receive them. Has to be capacitated to receive them. And he says, as ye have therefore received Christ, so walk ye in him. And I take it. As one is true, so is the other. So if they receive Christ Jesus by an act of faith, then they to walk by an act of faith, because it says in the Corinthian letter, we walk by faith and not by sight. He tells us in the book of uh, this uh, Galatians chapter 4, and in verse 4, he talks about being under tutors and governors, the servant, until the time appointed of the Father. And he said, When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Uh, You were adopted into the family of God before the world was, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, Ephesians 1, verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will. So it's not our will, but it's God's will. And we're adopted into the family of God. And I don't know of any naturally, I know of many 
parents who have been blessed to adopt children, but neither one of those children that they adopted had to say so of who was going to be the, the one that would do, love them and adopt them into the family. It was always the one who desired to adopt, and then the work was begun, and finally the legal arrangements was all taken care of, and they were able to take the child home from the orphanage or wherever it is. <laughs> But children of God, you've been adopted into the family and you had not got home yet. You had not been carried home yet. But one day the Lord will fulfill the final legal arrangements and take you home to be with him in heaven. Because Paul says, the same writer in the 8th chapter of the Roman letter, we're waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. We're waiting. We had not got to that point yet. But it was necessitated and would have been impractical and impossible for that to be a realization for the child of God unless God sends his only begotten son to redeem them that were under the law that they might receive the adoption of son. It necessitated a redeemer. He tells us in Galatians 3 and 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. And Jesus endured the curse so that we as sinners would be blessed. He uh, endured the curse that we would be blessed. Verse 5 now. Excuse me, verse 6 of Galatians. He said, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Because you are sons. That didn't make you a son when God sent forth the spirit. You are already a son or we'd never see the Spirit uh, as a gift of God. You're adopted sons in the family of God. Uh, so because you are sons, God sent forth His the Spirit of that Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We read in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 15. He says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Which simply means Father, Father. So God sends forth that Spirit. They received it, not because they asked for it, not because they desired it, but because God loved them and has sent His Son to die for them. And in the process of time between conception and birth, God sends forth that Spirit into their hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but an heir, and an heir of God, and a joint heir with Christ. Paul goes on to say in the book of Galatians. And if you're a joint heir with Christ, that means you're entitled to everything that Christ, as the Son of God, is entitled to. And that ultimately is a realization of a home in heaven and a mortal glory where he is today, seated at the right hand of God. So, And then he tells these Colossians, and I'm confident they have received Jesus Christ by faith. Just like John chapter 1, verse 1, I'm excuse me, verse 11, he came to his own and his own received him not, but to as many as received them, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Well, I thought we just read he, we're already sons of God. We did. But that comes to rightly dividing the word of truth again when he says, as many as received them, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born. The people that did the receiving and did the believing and was given the power were had been born. They had been born naturally and they had been born spiritually. Which were born. The people that had the power to become sons of God in a manifest way to be shown and to be 
They had the power, and I believe there are many children of God who have been given the power to become, but haven't become, in a manifest way, to make their calling election sure, as Brother David <coughs> taught us this morning. Well, this is this morning, isn't it? We ha- no? Let me see. It's, it's one minute in, in the afternoon. <coughs> He said, as many received them, to gave he power to become the sons of God, even that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. If it were depending on man getting willing, why nobody would ever <coughs> be a child of God. But this is a manifest way. It goes down in the 16th verse of that same chapter. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. <coughs> now, I'm going to quickly run into the latter part of this, which will be right in line with what these two brethren have already uh, taught us this morning from the Word of God. <clears throat> he tells us in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4, Knowing therefore, brethren, beloved, your election of God, for our gospel came not to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. I would to God that every one of my sermons would be like that, but sadly, it didn't. It's come in uh, power and the Holy Ghost and much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word with much affliction and joy of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, that's the, word, the way the word of God should be received, with joy of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Not only that, but they became followers, and their faith was so strong that Paul didn't even have to write anything to commend them. Their faith spoke for itself, and they became examples to all the believers therein. They received something. And when the child of God receives the Word of God, believes the Word of God, acts on the Word of God, why, there's where the blessings come. Now, regardless of what the scriptures teach, you don't do that because you're just trying to get these blessings. That's right. You do that because there's one worthy to be praised. Amen. There's one worthy to receive your devotion, and that's the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I've said on many occasions we can't appreciate where we're going unless we know where we come from. <clears throat> And we, I'm not talking about from a monkey. Uh, uh, we come from the Lord. <clears throat> I'm talking about we come from the depths of sin to, uh, to the ultimate, to, to be united with Christ in the new birth and finally be reunited with Him in heaven and immortal glory. And uh, Paul's desire that they would receive that. Matter of fact, that Corinthian there, that Brother David taught us there, he said they had received the gospel. Uh, they had believed what Paul had taught them. It's the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as far as I'm concerned, there is no gospel without the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It needs to be received, and they received it. On the day of Pentecost, as has already been taught us, he says, And they that gladly received his word were baptized. Gladly received his word. You know, King Agrippa didn't gladly receive the word when Paul taught him there in the 26th chapter of the book of Acts. And he was telling him about the Savior. He said, do you believe what the prophet said? What did the prophet say? That there would be one that would come, be a light of the Gentiles. 
And he says, I know that thou believest. Uh, well, what does that tell you about King Agrippa? Whosoever believes that the, the scripture says he is born of God. Uh, and then we find the sad uh, statement that he says, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost persuade. Uh, now, the world would tell you you're almost persuaded to be a child of God. Uh, now, don't you find the final step to, to make it secure? But that isn't what Paul is teaching in the lesson. Uh, he said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And then Paul says, I would to God that not only thou, but all those that hear me this day would not only be almost, but all together such as I am, except these buns. He wouldn't wish the buns on them, but he would that they would be such as I am, who's serving the Lord, going about trying to teach the Word of God, uh, wherever the Lord led him, by the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't go any place to have prestige. He didn't go any place except as directed by the Spirit of God. He tells us there in Acts chapter 11, when the uh, people down there in Samaria had received the word of God. And the church at Jerusalem sent Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. And when we got down to Antioch, the scripture says, and when he had seen the grace of God. Anybody here today ever seen the grace of God or held it in their hand? Uh, I never have. But I'm looking at grace of God and I don't have many people here. Uh, but in but I see the grace of God. I see it in the people. They had believed the word of God. They had received the word of God. And therefore he had seen the grace of God. Because they never would have received the word. Unless grace had been there. In their hearts and in their souls. And we know that it could only come from one source. And that's the God of all grace. Amen. And the God of all mercy. They had seen the grace of God. And then he went and. And found Paul, and they went down there and kept teaching the Word of God. Children of God, he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus Lord, walk ye in him. In this same book of Colossians, chapter 1, Paul's prayer for these saints is this. For this cause, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Filled with the knowledge of his will. Well, how are you filled with the knowledge of his will? Through the book. Through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're filled with the knowledge of his will. For what purpose? That you would walk worthy of the Lord. That's saying the same thing. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 says, You have therefore received Christ Jesus Lord, so walk ye in him. And if you're filled with the knowledge of his will, he says that you'd walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. So you're filled with the knowledge of his will. Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it is in verse 1, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Now, if you want to be a prisoner, <clears throat> that's a good prison to be in, as a, a prisoner of the Lord. <clears throat> and Paul was in a, literal, a lot of literal prisons, but he was ultimately a prisoner of the Lord. He had been apprehended on the road to Damascus, I believe. 
And he says that you would walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. And literally meaning walk worthy of the calling wherewith you are called. <clears throat> and I've said on a number of occasions, uh, he said a lot of people have the idea that vocation means vacation. <clears throat> well, what would happen if the Lord took a vacation? <clears throat> You think things are bad enough right now, why, it would be pitiful if he uh, took a vacation. If he let down his power for just one second, uh, I tell you what, it would be utter chaos. Uh, And Brother Tim was sharing uh, some thoughts uh, here yesterday that he wondered if the Lord hadn't loosed Satan for a little season. Well, all the things that are going on, not only in the United States of America, but worldwide. That he'd be loose for a little season. Well, I hope it's a short season. Let's put it that way. That the Lord Jesus come quickly. And as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy and keep on walking, keep on walking in a way that's pleasing unto the Lord. There's one thing about the Bible, not only tells us about the great things these men of God and women of God. Have done, but it also shows their faults, their failures, and how they were less than perfect. But the Bible tells us to be perfect, even as our Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. <clears throat> I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak to you here, uh, and uh, invitation to come, sons, and preach, uh, preach with them. Uh, of course, I taught them everything they know, but uh, I've got. <laughs> Not really, not really. uh, They've heard me preach uh, hundreds of sermons uh, over the years, and they've applied themselves, and I thank God for that. God bless you. It's our prayer.